and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. This is our fourth anniversary today. Wow. Four years ago today, we released our very first show with these creator, Kent Johnson. And four years later, we're still cranking these out. Uh, I want to thank everyone for supporting the show and listening and giving me feedback. It's been a lot of fun. We've had so many amazing guests. I mean, every guest has been amazing. Tony winners, Grammy winners, Oscar winners. We've had guests I never thought I'd imagine I would even speak to. But in today's no different. Uh, we're talking with DC Glenn, a.k.a. The Brain Supreme, one half of the hip-hop duo Tag Team. We all know the song. Ooh, there it is. It came back into the spotlight over the winter with the fantastic Geico commercial. Scoop, there it is. We talk about the commercial and just what he was doing after Tag Team. I mean, this interview is unlike any other that we've had before. Uh, you know, I, I come in with like a list of questions and everything like that. I don't even think I asked more than one. I mean, he basically, and he even admitted it in, in, in the interview. Is like, this is not how you thought the interview was going to go, did it? And I'm like, no, but this is fantastic because he does so many different things in, in his life right now. And it, it's amazing what he's accomplished. We talk about that. We talk about, obviously, the commercial, which is fantastic. I mean, every Geico commercial is great. This one is probably, you know, top five. And we talk about what is on his bucket list, and that kind of goes into a different uh, conversation altogether. And I hope you enjoy my conversation with DC uh, Glenn. And thanks again for everyone who has listened over the past four years. So DC, thank you uh, so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. So uh, how was your like 2020? I know everyone who I've had on the show recently, I've asked that question too, just because obviously the craziness of, of the year and you know, carrying on into this year as well. Talk about just how interesting your year was in 2020. Uh, for me, me, 2020 was the best year of my life. Honestly. Um, pandemic probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me and there's two sides of it you know the on the on the, on the serious side you know i lost people right um it was you know on that end but you know that part is that part but for me what the pandemic did for me is it forced uh everyone to stop at the same time right, right? and you know, I just realized that we were all in the Serengeti together. You know, this is this is the jungle now. And it was truly survival of the fittest, right? And it's not necessarily survival of the fittest, just survival. Right. Like, what were you going to do? What was I going to do? Um, I know a lot of people ask that question, but I asked that question on myself. Like, what you going to do, man? Can't do shows. Can't do this. Can't do that. And I was like, hmm but I can do this, right? And I just redoubled my efforts on um, voiceover. And I took upon myself to reinvent myself. And um, it just worked out wonderfully. Um, I went back to 2009 because every voiceover session that I had, I recorded. So I've okay. got 
you know, I went and I organized everything and I was like, I have got to make sure that gotta make sure that, you know, we just start from scratch and just throw everything out the window. And it was just heartbreaking because I had to listen to my 10 year ago self, right? Yeah. And um you know, just hearing how I talk to people and hearing my conversations and, you know, listening to my first, first voiceover um, script. And it just was just blood curling. <laughs> it just <laughs> it's cringeworthy because it's already hard enough to hear yourself. Right. But to hear that was very, it was just special. But at the same time, it was kind of inspiring because for the first time I understood what those coaches were saying to me. And I realized I was in my own way. Because, hmm. uh, you know, when I first started voiceover, I thought I could just whoop there it is my way through anything, right? And right. I looked at that script and I said, you're going to do this over again. You're going to take their notes, listen to what they're saying, and do it over. And I did it over. And it was angelic. Because for hmm. the first time in my life, I'd had mastery over my voice. And I went through 42-hour sessions in the month of March 2020, when uh, everybody thought we were going to all turn into zombies and start eating each other. Right. And um, I started booking instantly. And even before the pandemic, I booked a National Pizza Hut commercial for uh, March Madness. And that was probably, I think it was in January. And I was just ecstatic. But then, you know, got snatched away. But I was still ecstatic because I had booked all yeah. that hard work from acting and voiceover. Because I started acting in 2017 and, you know, well, actually 2018. And I have been grinding on voiceover, like I said, since 2009. And it was hard, but I didn't give up. I just chugged along. I got little odd, you know, little jobs here, local and regional mm -hmm. stuff. I work for Apple Radio. But then I started booking, booking like really solid. And in, I think, April, uh, my my acting coach calls me and says, I'm casting for this movie. I got a part for you. Can you get to Nebraska? I was like, yep. I got a hazmat suit. We can do this. And mm -hmm. I shot my first movie, a movie called My Corona, about the beginning of the coronavirus in right. Nebraska. Not only did I shoot my first movie, but they made it into a, uh, the other half of that is it's a documentary okay. shot about how to shoot a movie in a pandemic. And, you know, I shot that for a week and came back. And then about two months later, I shoot my second movie, you know, in the middle of Georgia called mm -hmm. The Mediator. And then I'm booking voiceover all along. I booked this big uh, campaign for public uh, grocery stores for the fall camp, their uh, holiday campaign. Then I book a Tyler Perry House of Pain episode. And then here comes Geico. Right. right? And... It just was a, a, you know, it's just been a good year and it's been an even better 2021. So for me, you know, this whole pandemic in 2021 was about reinvention. If you weren't doing that, you were missing the boat. But I'm sure a lot of people got caught up in their own misery. They got caught up in all the politics and that was everything that was going on. And we all did. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it didn't stop me from, you know, hustling didn't stop me from trying to get better and reinventing and saying, hey, you know, we're going to come out of this again. But what it also did is it changed the paradigm on so many things. 
because you think about it, we use Zoom now just as good as we use a cell phone, right? right? And then, you know, there's 10 other platforms besides this, so you, you learn to use all of them. And now we can communicate in ways we've never been able to communicate. And it's not cringeworthy when we look at each other on a screen, right? It's like changed yeah. everything. Um, it has brought people together that not, might not necessarily be together. Like, for instance, there's a, a site called We Audition. It started like two years ago. Right. And at first it was kind of janky. It's where actors go. They have an audition. You can find a reader because you used to have to go across town or go somewhere and right. find somebody to read for you and then pay them $70 and then be nervous in front of them and not really get the audition that you want. But with We Audition, once you get your, recs, your rig set up technically, because the key is having a nice rig. You try to do it on a cell phone or just on the cheap way out, you're not gonna, yeah. it's not effective for you. Right. Because it's just gonna be too glitchy. You know, it's just like Zoom. If you got a good mic, you got a good webcam, it's gonna work for you, right? But if you just use any old type of thing, there's gonna be glitches, it's gonna, your mic's not gonna work sometimes, it's gonna be feedback, it's gonna be this right. and that. So I had been using we auditioned for since the beginning, but it was just kind of janky. But they got it together, and now, you know, every the whole the whole acting industry stopped, and the way these actors and actresses make money is they get on we audition, which is an actor Zoom, and they read for people who are auditioning in places that are open, which right. was Atlanta. So I have this plethora of people who can read for me from Juilliard trained actresses to classically trained actors over, over, you know, in London and in Europe to good actors in Australia, all over the world, soap opera actor, actresses in uh, LA, right? Broadway uh, actresses. And now we're all training together because we're doing auditions together. And I'm learning there what they've known, you know, what they've been through, because we've all been in class. And now we're helping each other and it's taking my acting from this to that. Right. And, you know, I've booked three TV shows this year. Right. And I'm working and I couldn't have planned this better. And, um, you know, it's just a testament of not giving up playing offense and not listening to people. Right. Mm -hmm. And staying out of your feelings mm -hmm. and just moving forward. Yeah. So that's how my 2020 was. If that right. Question. <laughs> no, I, I, absolutely. You know, because there's either people strived like you did, or people just kind of wallowed in their own misery. I mean, yeah. there's time to wallow. You can wallow for like a week, but then you realize we got to get on with our lives. You know, I I, I, I had a, for five minutes in that day, right? Yeah, and th that's it. You just you know get get it out of the way, yeah, and then you know because. Right, exactly, because you have to realize you're not the only person going through this. And then, you know, how, now, how can that's I? That's what I understood, understood that the playing field was even. Absolutely. And what I do to deal with it, I'd get up every morning, four or five. I had all my workout stuff in the trunk. Everything, everything I had that I work out with, you know, that you accumulate over the years, I put it in the trunk. <laughs> and I would go to the grocery store parking lot. And I would just watch the sunrise and work out until the store opened. Yeah. Then go inside and get whatever, you know, get whatever I felt like I needed because it felt it felt um, it felt good to go in the store when it was empty. 
right. maybe five people in there. You can go in, get what you need, and be done for the day. And that's all I needed in the day. Just that little bit of time to get away and breathe fresh air and work out. Then the rest of the day was spent studying and grinding. And I did that every day. And it has paid off in ways that, you know, I just could not have imagined. I really couldn't. And, you know, I'm just so, I'm, I'm just grateful for the chance to have stopped. Because sometimes in life, man, we think we're grinding. We think we're hustling. We think we're doing the right thing. And, you know, we're driving and we're, 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 we're moving and yeah. you look out, out the window and you see you're not moving anywhere. And you're like, why am I not moving anywhere? And you look down and you're stuck in mud because your wheels are spinning. Now, there are certain aspects of my life that were like that, but I was still always good. I think it just was the right time for all the things that I've been hustling on, working on my whole life just to come to fruition because, you know, you don't, you don't, if I start something, I don't quit. So it right. might take 10 years. It might take a year. It might take two weeks. But I don't quit. And because I don't quit, you know, people would think, people will tell you, like a lot of my friends, a lot of my family were like, man, you're doing too much. You know, you got tentacles all over the everywhere. You got to pick one thing. You're a jack of all trades, master of none. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no. It's like I've learned from my experience that if you hustle long enough, and hard enough and smart enough and learn how to learn. You know, all those trades you become masterful in. Right. And they serve you in ways that you don't have to pay another person to do it for you. And more doors will I open. SEO. I learned, I was a licensed commodities broker. I basically became a paralegal because we were in a legal situation with tag team. Right. Um, just all the things, you know, I started running my life like a corporation. So 20 years ago, I started a C-Corp and just ran my life like a corporation. You know, got my credit right, got corporate credit, you know, figured out how to invest properly, figured out how to be an accountant. You know, my own bookkeeper. I'm right. masterful of QuickBooks now. Like all the things that you can do yeah. on the fly, you know, just do in your life that serve you. Um, you know, I'm working at the clubs in the 2000s and I was like, let me make a business plan for my favorite owner and show her how I can increase her bottom line because I'm not just a DJ. Like, I'm your light guy. I'm your sound guy. I do your flyers. I'm your graphics artist. I do your voiceover for television commercials and radio commercials. You know, I do your websites. I do everything for you. So I've made myself invaluable. And I tell people that because you could be in a dead-end job, right? A job that you hate, but do, but make yourself invaluable by doing all the extra things and learning every part and aspect of that company and learn how to do it well. And people are like, I'm not about to do all that work. It's like, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for you. For yourself, right. So you can make the transition from one thing to another. You can go to another company where you can thrive and hit the ground running and they're like, wow, I'm glad we found him because everybody loves to find a good employee out the rip that you ain't got to tell everything, everything to do. That's yeah. how people get hired and make a bunch of money up front because they have expertise in certain things. So why not learn at that whack job that you're working at and learn every part of it so you can move to the next one? You know, I, I just, I'm a solutions driven person. I don't think about the problems. 
I don't think I, I, I love when people give me excuses because for every excuse you give me, I'm gonna have five solutions for you. And sometimes people don't want to have, have solutions. They want to wallow in their own misery. Right. They want to they want to be negative. They want to do they want to have problems. But over my lifetime, I've acquired the ability to take any negative emotion, you know, envy, fear, hatred, disgust, loathing, you know, and not viscerally react to it, not let it affect me where it gets me depressed, but just stop and put it in my pocket and don't react to it and right. use it for later as fuel, right? <laughs> and I've done that masterfully for a long time. And this way, your ego doesn't get involved, your pride is not involved, and you can always keep moving forward. And that's why, you know, I am on the precipice of so many great things that, you know, people say, DC, you're doing too much. What? You know, I tell people what I'm doing, they're like, you're doing too much. And I'm like, okay, I am doing too much. Maybe, you know, you, you, you're probably right. But I could tell you this. I'm going to prepare for all of it, right? Right. You know, I'm not, I'm, you're right, I'm not doing too much, but I'm sure enough going to be prepared for all of it. And they're like, that's good. That's what I'm, yeah, that, that's that's better. You know, and, and I'm like, dude, you just told, you just, you know, told me something about what I do that you don't like, and I said it in a different way, and now you approve of it. Right. Because preparation is doing everything. Yeah. Right. And I prepare for everything. So for opportunity, because I don't know what opportunities come to me because I planted so many seeds. Exactly. I planted so many seeds in my life, involuntary and voluntary, that I stand before you in a forest of opportunity. So if I'm not prepared, it's my fault. Right. And for so long, man, one thing the pandemic taught me is that, you know, in life, we have things that we regret. We have times where we beat ourselves up over missed opportunities and mistakes. And I realized that there are no missed there are no missed opportunities and mistakes. You got time to correct all this. Right. Correct all of it. But we feel like because we're older, things have passed us by. Yeah. And that's not true. You can correct all the mistakes you've made. And you can correct all the missed opportunities that you had. Because I remember 1995, 96, I was in the deep bowels of Disney teaching Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse how to rap because we did a kid's record called Mickey Unwrapped. Okay. And they're telling me about animation and I'm telling them about, you know, how to rap. And we had a great time that the husband and wife team of the voices and I was there. And for years, I beat myself up because I was like, I was at Disney. I could have been doing this forever. But then it was like, no, you couldn't because you were not ready. Sometimes we're just not ready, right? So it took me 15 years to start taking voiceover classes. Then it took another year to master my voice. So this is basically the same, the same you've been preparing for this all your life. You just didn't know it. Same with acting. I'm in the office of New Line Cinema president. And, you know, my manager and him went to college. And he's like, yeah, we're uh, casting for this new movie that we're about to put out. We got the leads. Uh, 
between LL Cool J and Wesley Snipes, and we want to cast you, man. And, you know, the movie, I was like, all right, whatever. And the movie was Blade. Wow. Right? <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I beat myself up for years because I was like, I was there. Yeah. Right? But I wasn't ready because I was I was in the in the throes of whoop, there it is, and having the number one record in the world and being a rock star and all that. But why am I going to beat myself over it when I just had one of the most incredible years in my life yeah. as an actor? Everything that I thought I missed, I'm doing now. And everything that I want to do, I'm training for. Because the pandemic taught me I do not want to leave this world regretting something I did not do. So I've got five tutors for music, music production, music theory. Right, I've got edit I got tutors for video editors. I got tutors for everything because of the pandemic. Half the two, half the uh, teachers went back to class. Half the other teachers said, "I'm not about to be in front of these nasty ass kids." Right? <laughs> and what they did, they changed their paradigm. And they went and joined all these tutoring sites. So many of them. I didn't know there was this many. And the one I use is called Wyzant, W-Y-Z-A-N-T. Anything you want to learn, you can right. learn. And I, all these teachers go and join these tutor sites. So now, you know, before the pandemic, they're teaching the class in the inner city for $60 a day. And then now the pandemic is here. They're teaching one student for $60 now. Right? And... I am. I have access now to all kind of educators from the bottom to the top, from Harvard doctors to Juilliard trained actresses to everybody and every expertise because they know they can make more money doing a tutoring site. Mm -hmm. And that's a learn how to learn tactic, right? Because it's not simple enough just to learn. You got to learn how to learn. Perfect example, if I get a long email, by the second line, I'm daydreaming. And I, I procrastinate about reading it and then I don't even get to, you know, I, it takes me a while before it gets read, but not anymore because I dump it in the AI software. Now it reads to me. Now I'm checking the rest of my emails and then all of a sudden I hear something. Wait a minute, that's interesting. And now I'm reading along with AI that's reading to me. Now I'm retaining more inf in information because I understand fully what is being said. Learn how to learn. These are tactics, right? Yeah. And that's why I've been successful all these years because I've learned those things and I've applied them to my lives and then they start they start crisscrossing and helping each other and turn into other things and it just becomes more powerful. And the rate at which I can learn things is astonishing. And I just it's just been a natural organic progression of just hustling. So that's why I always say hustle because just can't go wrong you know sometimes you're gonna have to stop and figure out why you're hustling and what you're hustling for but just make sure that you don't quit that's the key the more doors you have the better chance one of them is going to be open for you yeah and they're going to open yeah it's just are you ready for it right you know somebody asks if you're a singer somebody says oh sing something for me well you know I, my, i'm not having warmed up yet you know you lost an opportunity, yes. right? You got to be prepared, exactly. right? So yeah. you know, it's just, um, you know, I, I'm a different dude.
I think differently. And, you know, that's, that's just how I am. But, you know, I know that I've been blessed with the ability to touch people with what I do, what I've done. And I take that seriously. And I feel it's my responsibility to tell people, anybody who's willing to listen to things I wish somebody had told me when I was a young man. Yeah. And that's what I do for people, music industry or life or motivational speaking or whatever. All I do is just talk this game and people, people, people respond and it works and it helps me because the more I talk, the more I learn. Right. Me talking to you now, figuring things out, things being, I'm, I'm trying different scenarios, different tactics, right? The story is the same, but I could say it 120 different ways. You know, and it's beautiful that you even started the you started a conversation like this instead of, so uh, how did you get started, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> when people ask me that, how did you get started? Do I say that again? Do I got to go through that again? Yeah. That's a great question. How was your twenty twenty? Let me tell you how my twenty twenty was. <laughs> right. So I'm grateful, man. And you know, this is I do four or five of these a day because. You know, it just works. It just works. And I've realized how much knowledge and how much uh, I have to give to people. And I give it willingly. As we get older, we see the world differently. And do you feel like you're helping people, but they kind of want the instant gratification right now? Like, they they don't want to, like, you know, hustles. They don't see, like, the long, you know, the long con. They, They just see they want results now because... If you look at YouTube, I can put a video out on YouTube and get hits. But, you know, when we, when you were starting out, it was different. You you had actually had a hustle and had to, you know, do those things. Do you see, like, a lot of people you talk to, like, I want it now. I don't want to wait a year, a decade. I want to do this today or tomorrow, and that's the longest I want to put in. Yeah, but I ain't, got, I ain't worried about them because that's them. You said the first thing you said, you said, I put a YouTube video out. And I could get some hits. Yeah, but you got engagement, right? Right, exactly. There's a difference between, you know, it's an emotional response. Everybody's looking for, see, the emotional response is, is by the likes, right? That's the, yeah, that's, of course. That shows, that that pulls back the veil because right. I know now that you just emotionally, you know, you want attention, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want attention. I want engagement, right? right. So. First of all, is your video optimized? What's that? See what I'm saying? See, you don't you don't even no. you don't even know how to get to the engagement. You just think that if you do something, it's gonna happen. I'm, I would tell people it's like there is no quit pro quo. There's just offense, right? You don't plant a seed in the dirt. Sit down Indian style, look at that seed, say, seed grow, please grow seed. Come on, seed. You gotta grow for me. Seed grow. The seed don't work, I quit. We all know people who who do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? In one way, one shape, form, or another. And you can't do that. It don't make no sense to do that. That's a stupid analogy, isn't it? Because you would never do that, but you do right. that in life. Yeah. Right? And I don't. I play offense. I plant them seeds and keep it moving. Like I said, because you don't know how long that seed's going to take to grow. 10, 15, 20 years, five days, two days, two yeah. weeks. Right? You don't know. But once it's the once them seeds start growing and it comes back to you, you better be ready because you planted that seed for a reason. That's why you can't ever give up. And 
you know, that is that is the curse and the blessing because I look at so many people and know what not to do because I know search engine optimization. I know how to take a YouTube and get it on the first page of YouTube of, of any keyword I want. I know how to build my website out to where it's the most effective. I know schema markup to where I can act, actually add the sauce to make everybody see me. I know what open graph is. So every time I do anything social media, everybody sees it. I know all these things because it took me 10 years to learn them. Right. And it was a moving target at the same time. Yeah. But I know it. That's how, you know, 2000, it was 2010 or 11. I'm at work and I get a call. DC, you need to get a phone call at the front door. Man, can't you see I'm working? I'm spinning. Like, hey, lady won't get off the phone. I was like, man, which one of these heifers I done? <laughs> and I go and I was like, please call me in the morning. Because she was like, this is such and such. I was like, just call me in the morning. I cut her off, get this number. And it was a reporter from the New York Times. And she was like, DC, have you read the Gawker article? Oh, about Obama in <laughs> your video. Exactly, exactly. And <laughs> I was like, how did you find me? She was like, right. it was very hard, my friend. And we did maximum PR press for the whole week. But at the end of that week, I was disappointed because I had nothing to show for it. Right. Because I did not have a web presence. I did not... Have a we didn't your know, tag team didn't have a website. It was just we were just living, doing shows, and you know you when you have a hit record, you think people just gonna automatically come out the woodwork and come find you. It's yeah. not true. You can't be found. Exactly. And that's what started my SEO career. I said that'll never happen again. And to you know, 2011, you type in tag team, it was all wrestling. Right. You type in tag team today, it's all tag team, and. Like I said, it took me that long to learn it because it's a moving target and it is difficult. You know, there are no cut, no shortcuts, no workarounds. And now, you know, I've built tag team back again to be a nuclear power plant to, you know, just be the fuel for anything I want to do. Any side I want to build, that's the fuel because I've set it up so well and you know, that's that's the testament, man. It's just you can't you you have to be found. So I get a call from my agent for acting. DC, you booked the Geico commercial. Man, don't play with my emotions. And book no Geico commercial. I don't even, I haven't even auditioned for a Geico commercial. Right. And no, DC, they said they wanted tag team. It's like, oh, tag team. Let me go check the phone which I have connected to the site. And sure enough, there was a message. And Geico had called me, and then they went on the internet, and they found my IMDB profile, which had my agent's information. Right. And they called my agent, and you talk about synergy, and my agent, I was like, you know what? Let me let my agent make this deal, because I don't have to get lawyers. I don't have to do nothing. And that proved to be the best thing I've ever done in my life because it is the most lucrative deal in my life that I've ever made. And, you know, after that, I was happy for two days. Then I knew I had work to do. And I started, work, preparing, yeah. started preparing because I'm an actor. I could have just walked up and said, okay, what are we doing today on set? But I prepared, you know, and that's where the spin and scoop comes from. That's where yeah. the sprinkles come from. That's where the little dance comes from. That's where every aspect and every little nuance of that commercial 
comes from my preparation. And also, you know, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do what everybody else does when they get a Geico commercial, go on tour. Salt and Peppers did theirs 2014. They've been on tour ever since to the pandemic. So I'm like, I'm not happy I got a Geico commercial, but I am going to take these lemons and make me me lemonade, make me a lemonade company, Mm -hmm. franchise it, sell it for $20 million, Mm -hmm. be straight. That's my mindset. Right. So I started, I was like, let me find a publicist. And I started having meetings with publicists and they're like, well, you know, we don't usually do it like this. We're in a pandemic and, you know, we usually do a junket in New York and boom, 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 boom. Like, thank you. And this is another learn how to learn hustle tactic. When I get stuck, somebody tells me no. I join an organization, society or association because they are filled with people who love their profession and been doing it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And I joined the Public Relations Society of America. Two days in, I'm on a Zoom call. I raised my hand and said, with the, you know, as a CEO of this PR firm, I said, hey, our press release is still relevant. They're like, well, what's it for? I'm like, well, I'm kind of featured in a national Geico commercial called Scoop, there it is. And I'm looking at the chat. Wait a minute, is that him? No. Man, great commercial. I love that commercial. My kids love that. Is that really him? Oh my God, DC from Tat Whoop there. The whole chat blew up. Moderator's eyes are getting big. <laughs> like, we'd like to welcome DC to the organization. We're going to talk about that Geico commercial afterward. And now the whole Zoom with all these hundreds of people are looking like, yo, he's here. And, you know, the, she was like, let's get back to DC's question. And the CEO was like, yes, because the whole last year has been COVID. You know, every story has been about COVID. Every story has been about politics. People are tired of all right. that crap. And then here you guys come throwing sprinkles, spinning scoops, eating <laughs> ice cream, dancing, having a party. And DC, your smile, just smiling and touching the world. I said, of course, that press, said, of course, that press release is going to work. And you need to go here to get in front of journalists. You need to go here to get in front of all the TV talk shows. You need to go here to get in front of the podcast people. You need to go here to get in front of this. You need to make sure your pictures are like this. Wooty woo, wooty woo, wooty woo. Gave me the entire breath of her professional career in PR in 10 minutes. And I have not looked back. And it has opened doors for me that I could have never imagined. And it is the reason you and I are talking right now. It was my paradigm shift, right? Yeah. I could have just been happy with a Geico commercial, but it was like, no. I knew what this was. I knew how big this was. And I tell you, I have flourished. There's three or four things I want to talk to you about, but I can't because I'm under a non-disclosure agreement. Right. And every day things are coming my way. You know, after I dropped that first release four days before the Super Bowl, on that Wednesday, I get a call from the Dan Patrick show. We need you on the show. It's like, can we do it next? Nope, we want you on the Super Bowl edition. I'm like, okay. And then Friday, we're on a Dan Patrick show, right, nationally. You know, a week and a half later, we're on the Tamron Hall show, ABC, daytime, nationally. Those things are the things that catapulted this are just, you know, just the whole existence of what I'm trying to do, because all these little things in PR are basically Trojan horses for me. Right. Right. And, you know, about a month ago, I did a press release because we were the grand marshal, grand marshals 
of the Geico 500, which used to be the Talladega 500. Okay. And I hit a whole nother world of people that love that commercial in NASCAR. Yeah. And because of that press release, I signed with one of the biggest voiceover agents in the world. Right. And things have just been popping, popping, popping ever since. Yeah. And then yesterday I did a big interview with WWE, who's going to start holding tag team into wrestling now. Right. About time. About time. Exactly. And that's what we talked about. And I'm like, now I can do a press release for that. And then there's a whole nother audience. Right. So every big thing I do now, I do a press release and I constantly do podcasts every day. Right. And that has been way better than anything I could have ever done. And like I said, it has opened doors for me and people are recognizing my acting. People are wanting to give me opportunities and what those press releases also did. See, it's not just a press release for press. I know SEO. Right. I know how to fashion those links inside a press release to where now every time I do a press release, I get three, 400 do follow links back to the website, which tur- which powers it every time that I do that. And then now with the package that I get for P- for the uh, press release, they have a social, social media part of it, right? And I noticed that when I do a press release, the social media blows up. First time being, because I know how to set everything up. Right. When I did the NASCAR one, my LinkedIn... Probably that week, I got over 300 new people in my field of voiceover. And and now these are all my colleagues, and they're all leaning on me because that week I had a podcast on Thursday for Sobis, uh, Society of Voice Recording Artists, right? And it was a big podcast, and I did so well. Everybody knew that that podcast was going down in the voiceover industry. I did so well that now all those opportunities, all the agents that I tried to get with, they're all calling me now. Right. Talk about talk about engagement. Yeah. It's not about likes. It's not about how many people we have. It's about engagement. It's about when you do something, does everybody break their neck to get to you to offer you something? And, you know, people, it's funny because everybody, I, I, I tell everybody this, podcast or this interview is not going to go the way you think it's going to go. It's going to go in a totally different direction. Right. Yeah. We have, we barely even talked about Woomp There It Is because Woomp There It Is is Woomp There It Is. Really that's don't why you have to. Yeah. You know no. what I'm saying? And that's the beauty of it. And, you know, hopefully people can take something that I've said and just run with it because the number one thing people say is I didn't think about it that way. I've never thought about it that way. And now that we come out of the, you know, the, the pandemic, people are still stuck because they're waiting for it to come back the way it used to be. And it's not going to. This is all Never. And why yeah. can't you see that, you know, I just imagine myself standing in front of the foothills of Colorado and looking at these snow peaks just like, wow, all this, there's just so much new out there. Right. And I look at it and wonder, and, you know, there's a reason that they say, there's gold in them dar hills, right? Because that's what I—that's all I see. I'm yeah. like, I don't stumble upon a mountain that's full of gold. Now I got to put in the work to extract it all, and it's there for me. And everybody else is looking over there, 
waiting for it to come back to where it used to be. Yeah. Uh-uh. I want the new. Because that's what gives you, that's what makes you, you know, that's what gives you life. I feel like I'm 25 again. Right. You know, and it's just been a wonderful experience. And it has been a validation of all the hard work that I've done, of all the people that told me I couldn't do something, all the people that have hated on me, the all all the things that I've been through were valuable in a way that I didn't see back then, but I wouldn't change anything. So that's, that's DC the Brain Supreme in a nutshell. And, you know, after I finished with you, I got auditions and training and all kind of stuff for right. the rest of the day because it don't stop. But I love doing it, so it's all good. No, that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you truly are, you know, the brain supreme, but how, how did you, like, come up with that moniker? Um, when we were, like, young men, we were, like, at this grocery store that a friend of our family used to own. And we were downstairs, you know, smoking. And guy, one of the dudes, a uh, friend of ours named Roy, he was like, man, I've been listening to y'all talk. We'll call you the brain supreme because you always figuring stuff out. Right. Because he was older, right? And he was just listening to me talk. And he yeah. was like, this dude is just on point. He's like, you always figuring things out. You just see things practically, right? So we'll call you the brain supreme. We were just laughing at him, but it mm-hmm. stuck. And everybody started calling me DC the brain supreme. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's exactly how it happened. And right. I get it because, you know, all I do is think about solutions. Like if I'm arguing with somebody and you know, we've all had arguments with people who just want to be right yeah, at any cost. Then they just start th- saying any old thing because they want to be right. And then what they don't realize is that they're just digging themselves deeper and deeper and deeper in a hole of untruth and unreality. And I let them do it because I might've used to do, used to have done that back in the day. Right. But what I realized that, you know, you can't do that because the only reason you're doing it is because your pride and your ego. If you let your pride and you let your ego go and you sequester it, it's painful. But, you know, it's not about arguing with somebody who just wants to be right because they're not going to be right. And then they go right. so far down that hole that now all that untruth has become their reality and now they're truly lost. When I love to be wrong. Because I know being wrong is the path of being right. So I've been able to sequester my emotions and my ego and my pride for the better good of truth, right? And of course it hurts. Of course all this is easier said than done, right? But it serves me, man. And now if somebody comes to me, like I had an actress came to me and she was so distraught because she had missed the audition. She had worked on it all week. Her camera had a glitch, so she couldn't do the audition, and she just thought the world was going to end. I was like, okay, 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 that's the glass half empty. Tell me what the glass is half full. And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, what's the glass half full? And she couldn't even tell me, right? And I was like, you did the work. Right. You became a better actress. What are you talking about? You You might not have got that audition. But you did the work. You prepared, right? yeah. That's that that is that's the whole point, right? You have to look at the glass half full. Right. You have to come with the solution. People come to me with problems, they come, they complain, they complain, they complain, they complain. And I say, Well, 
I know all the problems. What's the solution? What? What's the solution? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I was like, look, think about the most fantastical, far-fetched, pie-in-the-sky solution to your problem or thing that you want. What is your end goal? Right? And you got it. You see it. It's your vision. It's far-fetched. It probably can never happen in your mind. But what you do is you aim high and then you work your way back inch by inch to practicality. Right. Now you're halfway there. You've just developed a business plan in your own mind of how you can exceed at your ultimate dream or how you can how you can solve your ultimate problem just by thinking about the solution and inching your way back to practicality. Well, what's practical now? What can I do now? What am I doing now? And now you've just figured out all the steps to get to where you need to go. Now you just got to knock, you just got to climb that ladder. And it has worked for me like clockwork. Because I, you know, when I first started doing PR in January, I would just say in any interview, you know, I'm trying to be in, it actually happened because my Mm. agents, we had a meeting. They said, DC, what do you want to do? I was like, I'm good. I said, DC, what do you want to yeah. do? I was like, thank you. You do a good job for me. DC, what is your bucket list? Oh, right. Different question. I want to be in The Mandalorian. I want to be a part of Star yeah. Wars universe, right. animation or live action. And now I'm auditioning for Star Wars animation movies. And it, nice. it, you know, animation stuff and a lot of Disney Plus stuff because yeah. I am with the, the best agent in the business. Right? I threw it out there. I didn't expect anything back. I used to say, hey, Dave Leone and John Favreau, you need to holler at me. And people would laugh, right? And right. now I'm doing it. You're doing it. Right. And that's and all I do. All I, I throw stuff out there. I said, I don't want, I don't care about being the lead in a movie. I want small parts in big movies. Give me five lines with a rock. I'm good because I could turn right. that into gold, right? Yeah. And that's what's happening now. I'm auditioning. I'm auditioning with a movie with Will Smith. I'm auditioning with movies with all these big stars now because I told my agents what I wanted and I threw it out there. And I thought about what I wanted. And when you know what you want, you throw it out there, it will come back to you. You just have to be patient and you have to put in the work. And it might take some years, right? Might take a decade, but it is going to come back to you. And that's just how I live my life, man. I love I quote, yeah, and I can quote, obviously, you being a Star Wars fan, I can quote Yoda saying, failure is the greatest teacher. Yep, so that's really what... Teacher. And that's, yeah. you know, that, that's why, you know, suffering, despair, envy, fear, suffering. It's the dark side. That's the dark side. Yeah. The dark side is believing, you know, that's how conspiracy theory, theorists are born, right? Because they start believing right. all the things that they've been spewing or that they've heard. And now that's their reality. Now they're on the dark side and they just can't see it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that was, you know, the pandemic taught me that there were that many people on the dark side. I did not realize it was that many ignorant people in this world. Yeah, way too many. (laughs) And, 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 you know, but all I can do is control what I do. And I choose to play offense, move forward, get this money, keep it moving. So that's me, man. Well said. Well said, yeah. So, so what's your favorite uh, like thing in the Star Wars universe? All of it. 
I'm looking at Bad Batch. I'm looking at Mandalorian. I'm looking at everything because, you know, John Favreau and Dave Leone is behind everything. So now, yeah. now it just it's just it's real because they're they you know they're really they're so in tune with what George Lucas wanted for all right. this at the end. They even George Lucas couldn't have put it out there the way they're putting it out there because they're masterful at movie making and writing and putting the stories together and tying all of these things back to the essence of Star Wars, which is Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? Luke Skywalker and, you know, Princess of the whole first original story. And yep. being able to do that and bring in all those characters of a whole universe and tie it all together. That just gives you it just it's just become more and more and more and more and it's just a pleasure to watch you know so yeah i, I just think um you know right now i like the bad batch yeah and it's been it's been good it's been good you know there's, yeah. you know, there's little parts that they gotta set you know have because they gotta develop but right. i know it's about to go somewhere that of course we can all appreciate <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know exactly so you'll, you'll go through because you know i mean if you think about it, I, I've loved every episode of The Mandalorian now in certain ways. Some are good, better than others, but yeah, you, you appreciate every one because the one that you love the most, which is, you know, last season was they did it right. You know, they did, you know, yeah. the Ahsoka Tana ones just was bananas. That just. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like, Come on, man. Yeah, really. Yeah, that, that was so incredible because yeah. it started out just with just bow just action like it started out so hard that i had to stop it right maybe <laughs> yeah. about a minute in i was like let me go back and look at this again because that was too incredible right and then of course with luke comes <laughs> and yeah you know and you just like no they did not right are you serious they're about to bring him exactly and man that right there it still gives me goosebumps man and people look at me like Man, the people that don't know about Star Wars, I'm like, how do you not even understand the the joy that that yeah. bought to people? Right. That bought yeah. people so much joy. Right. Because that bought all that crap of all the movies and all of everything that was done by executives that didn't know what the hell they was talking about. It bought it all. It made it all right. Yeah. Right. Just the fact that you had those uh those those troopers like that, right? Those those Robocops. You know, it takes yeah. you back to your child. All everything right. takes you back. Your childhood, yeah. Yeah, it took you back to your childhood and then just to see that X Wing and then just see yeah. slice of them things like butter with the green with the green uh, lightsaber yeah. and just go. I was like, Oh my god, it can't yeah. be him. And they just right. make you wait the way they did it. Yeah. It was just man, it was it was so spectacular and it was so emotional. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, that's what we live for, man. Those moments like that. You yeah. know, that's why, you know, I, that's why I act. And that's why no. I'm an entertainer because, you know, I know I can touch people through what I do. And it might be a simple role that somebody um, just appreciates or can relate to. I've had so many letters telling me that that Geico commercial kind of saved my life because I was depressed. And every time I saw it, I smiled and right. I came out of that depression or, you know, I was on the verge of doing something stupid and I realized that everything wasn't that serious because that Geico commercial made me laugh. Like, it's astonishing to me. I don't know what that is. Right. But 
I know it's within me. And, you know, that's what I I strive to give to the world. So everything I do is about just doing it your best. What are you bringing to the party, right? I mean, you just going to bring a bottle of wine or are you going to bring an eye sculpture with yeah. turntables and a microphone, a karaoke machine, card tables so everybody can play cards? You know what I mean? Are you going to bring a, yeah. a, a bouncing gym for the kids in the back? What are you going to bring right. to the party? Because when I come to a party, you will know that I was there, right? And that's what I live my life by because it goes back. And all this goes back to the beginning of hip hop. Because the beginning of yeah. hip hop, there was one question. Can you rock a party? Can you move a crowd? And I've lived my life by that. And I've been a DJ all my life. And I did Woomp, There It Is. And then we did it as young man. It was just a song of us having fun. Right. And it was awesome. Everyone loves a song. Yeah, everybody yeah. loves a song. Everything worked. And I knew I touched people because I brought everything I had to the party. <laughs> And a special thanks to DC for joining me today. I really hope he gets a role somewhere in the Star Wars universe. That'd be great. And check out their website, tagteambackagain.com. I had to do that. And if you have a guest suggestion, you can hit me up on Twitter at the first all one nine, or like the page with my youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. Four years worth now. And please rate and review the show. If you don't have iTunes, not a problem. Should be found on SoundCloud, Podbean, Spotify wherever you can find a podcast. I want to thank everyone again for making the past four years so much fun. Can't do without you guys. And I'm going to keep doing it as long as there's demand and people say yes, that they want to come on the show, which I'm still surprised at for four years. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>